Welcome to Tell Me What to Say. This is Drew Kugler. Today's guest is a woman by the name of Lindsay Snyder Ellingson. Lindsay's uh, job is as the president of In-N-Out Burger. Now, many of you listeners will know of In-N-Out, either having heard the story of it or actually having tried it firsthand. But it, in and of itself, is an amazing story, which will come up a little bit uh, in the actual interview. But the thing that I came away from getting to know Lindsay through our work was just how completely unique uh, of a leader uh, she was and how unique In-N-Out Burger is as a business. So let me tell you a little bit about what I mean. First off, the narrative around In-N-Out, it is a bit of a mystery. It is a deeply private, privately held company with absolutely, despite the huge profits that could be reaped, uh, absolutely no interest in taking it public. Uh, I believe it is up to close to 400 locations of selling the burgers and fries that they do uh, uh, with obvious tremendous success. And Lindsay, as the president and owner of this business, uh, has seen the uh, entire growth uh, and is well familiar with the history of it. Um, but secondly, the absolute fanatical following uh, that uh, people have for In-N-Out. You'll hear famous people on talk shows, uh, Bill Murray, Anthony Bourdain, et cetera, et cetera, talk lovingly. Uh, and indeed fanatically, of how they need to stop at an In-N-Out burger right near uh, Los Angeles Airport uh, when they arrive uh, before their time in L.A. begins because they need the double-double uh, with cheese. But along with the confession that I'm one of the, one of the fans of In-N-Out, the reason at the heart of it that they have such a fanatical following is that they are... Um, absolutely laser focused on a, a true but difficult business lesson. Um, and I think it's a business lesson and a personal one that uh, Lindsay will talk a little bit about, but that I think about a lot in advising my clients. And that is, A, are you clear at what you are good at or great at? And do you keep focus on that uh, dimension? In and out makes basically burgers and fries. They have little or no interest in anything else, and they haven't had it since they opened the organization in 1948. And that is something that means a lot, as you'll hear with Lindsay, and it has created this unique, as I said, narrative and experience of being an in-and-out customer. Now, there's something you'll notice about Lindsay uh, as you listen to her. There is a definitive, compared to some other folks that you will hear interviewed on the show, there is a definitive soft-spoken style that she has. And quite honestly, it's a bit of a paradox, because as Lindsay rose in the leadership of the organization, quite honestly, I observed some people taking her, frankly, lightly because of her soft-spoken style. But do not be lulled by this soft-spoken style that she's going to uh, uh, show uh, on the show here. She is, in my experience and in many others, a deeply committed leader 
committed to her family, as you'll hear, committed to her faith, as you will hear, and, and for the purpose of business, deeply committed to stewarding the prosperity of In-N-Out Burger. That is unmistakable, and it is strong. So this is my conversation with Lindsay Snyder Ellingson. So welcome. Um, we always ask the same question to every guest uh, for all sorts of reasons, which I explain in another episode. Uh, but when you were a little girl, what did you want to be or what did you want to do uh, when you grew up? Well, um, <laughs> it almost helped if you could isolate the years because it changed. Uh <laughs> yeah. What's the first one that came to mind? The, the first one. I wanted to work at 31 Flavors. 31 Flavors. <laughs> and what was it about 31 Flavors that, uh, that made you want to work there? Other than the obvious, <laughs> you would get all the ice cream you wanted. Something about those little pink spoons and, and just <laughs> the smell it. that you would get to encounter right. while you're working. Um, right. Yeah. I don't know. My grandmother took me there often, so right. it was always good memories and yeah. um, just a fun place to go and thought, oh, I'm, this is yeah. where I want to work. <laughs> there, I was noticing with my wife driving the other night that there are less and less of them. Uh, the Baskin Robbins has, has, has not held up to the competition uh, as well, but there's still a few and they make a heck of a birthday pie. Um, so, so let's jump in a little bit to, as you, as you came out of 31 Flavors, uh, when did it become, do you remember, when did it become uh, a direction and involvement at all in the business side of In-N-Out Burger? Was that a, bi is that a big jump? Um, that is a big jump, but that's yeah. okay. I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I was 16 when I was working at my first job, I was at um, a dentist office and I did reception and billing and um, just absolutely loved the people I work with. The dentist was my father's friend. And uh, then I knew In-N-Out was coming to town. And of course I was gonna need to work there. So, <laughs> um, so I stood in the gigantic line um, to interview and I actually got in a small fender bender the morning on my way to my interview, and I was very concerned uh -oh. <laughs> about being late. <laughs> but, Don't want to make um, a bad impression. Yes. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that was the first time, really, um, was when it was coming to town thinking, wow, you know, I've got to, I just need to work here. Now, that wasn't my plan as far as, you know, going to college and what my career was at the time. You know, I had a lot of other things um, on my mind. But, uh, you know, working at the store there when it came in was was definitely going to be fun. And it mm -hmm. was. And, um, you know, from from there, uh, that was when I was 17. And uh, my father actually passed away that same year. So that changed um, that changed everything as far as what I was going to do um, and my plans. And, um, you know, that maybe we're going to go to this college, maybe we're going to do this, all those things kind of um, <laughs> kind of got pushed to the side because now I knew um, there was a great responsibility and uh, weight shifted onto me that my father had been carrying and, um, and that 
brought me here at right. the, the young age of 17. <laughs> right. And, you know, of course, I graduated. I lived in Northern California and moved down here and immediately started working. I was going to school and working for the company. Uh, I was actually doing uh, stuff for my grandmother and the donations uh, area for the foundation. Mm-hmm. I would write the letters and call people and get a lot of rejection and mm-hmm. some happy, happy to give people. Right. <laughs> right. Um, of course, went back into the store, um, worked in our catalog department, which is all of our merchandise, but that was kind of where it started for me. Got it. Got it. So you obviously jumped starting basically at 17, have, have done every position in the I would imagine in the store, right? Have you, did you, did, did you have to experience that? Or what was your uh, experience background in the operation? I'm just curious how that worked for someone who's arrived where you've yeah, ended it, up. It didn't all happen when I was 17, but when I went back into the store, I like checked off just about everything on the yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you remember what your favorite thing was? Um, <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed the different positions where you're interacting with the customer. Yep. So whether it was taking orders um, or doing the drive handout, um, those were both yeah. uh, fun. But when I worked in Redding up in Northern California, um, it was very hot in the summer. So I knew my favorite spot was doing the lettuce and having my hands in ice cold water <laughs> or relaying anything from the walk-in, which is like a giant right. walk-in refrigerator. Right. Um, yeah, those were, <laughs> those were, and I, I, I I still enjoy the potatoes. Yeah. Not dicing them, but prepping no. them, the washing right. and spinning them up. That's right. Yeah. All right. So as as the career went on, um, what's become apparent, uh, at least to the outside, outside is what I call people like me, uh, even with some of the uh, time we've spent uh, together, um, you and the company uh, have led a predominantly very private life. Uh, and my sense was worked very hard uh, and with great focus to keep it that way. Um, how, how, but at the same time, because in and out is in and out, you know, you hear of movie stars who, who can't leave LAX without, uh, without picking up stuff to eat uh, from the in and out there. Um, it's a very public uh, um, icon uh, in, in the world. So I wonder, as the now the leader of that, um, how, if at all, you go about, you know, understanding what to do, how to walk that fine line between running an enormously public and popular institution, but also holding to your privacy. Do you understand the yeah. the, the dilemma? I'm really interested in how you talk about that. Yeah. And think um, about that. Well, one, I know I've just. I've really grown with the company. Um, you know, from the time I was born, I was around um, very veteran in and out associates and, um, you know, that are still with us today. So, you know, just being um, around the culture, around the people all my life, um, you know, there was definitely a time where I was living further away and um, not experiencing it. Um, uh, is, is often, you know, once I moved down here, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't like, Oh, okay. Now we're, now we're the president, 
you know, right. it wasn't it wasn't like that. So I think from the public side, you know, what they see is a little <laughs> a lot different from right. what really happened. Right. Right. Um, and and you can't you can't explain the process and you know in a few minutes or in a interview or in, in text. You know, it's just it, there's so much. I mean, it was so many different years of um, different things here. You know, I. When I worked at the um, the company store catalog department, you know, I managed it for two years, and it was like a little tiny business within a business. Mm-hmm. So that was a great experience. Um, I was taking some business courses at the same time, um, you know. And then when I started sitting in on the VP meetings and some of the other meetings and getting involved with operations, um, I was also going through the different departments, and you know, all of those things just immersing myself into the company and the different areas. Um, I don't know. It just felt, it felt very gradual mm-hmm. in a sense. And um, though the different um, tragedies that have taken place were very sudden and, you know, impacted me in a personal way, um, it, you know, it's crazy. But yep. as far as the the business side and being here, you know, um, I think that it's been very natural. Right. Um, it's just been like who I am, That's and it. I don't try to fit into the corporate um, box. I don't try to wear business suits or anything like that. I, I did for a time, and then I finally got rid of them because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew I just I didn't care to wear it. I didn't need to impress anyone because the thing is, is you're never going to make you're never going to make everyone happy. Right. People are always going to say things and and hate or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. the term is. Um, So you really just have to be okay with with who you are for me, with with God. You know, Um, I've made a lot of mistakes and it seems like the mistakes are the ones that everybody knows about rather than that process we were talking about of you know, my journey here and, and right. how I've, you know, well, how I got to where I am now. Yep. But, um, I don't know. Did that answer? No, your... <laughs> that answer, did that answer okay. exactly the question? It really, it really sets up what to me is maybe the most, it's kind of the thing I think I un- have come to understand about you a little bit. Um, but I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about it in a more obviously general way is the one thing I always learned from you in our conversations was there were certain, certainly spiritual uh, beliefs, but also a way about treating people that you were back to Baskin Robbins days with your grandma that were instilled in you. And what has always impressed me about us was your uh, focus and your, it just was, as you said, it's just the way that you are. What I'm really interested in, and the listener obviously, is, let's put it simply, In-N-Out is, is famous for certain things. And those certain things, despite all the world changing around us so radically, except for a quarter here and 30 cents there or whatever, nothing has changed. The old saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You and In-N-Out are testimony, huge testimony to that. But that's been, if I'm correct, very deliberate. It's not accidental. So I remember, for example, you telling me about, you know, arguments about uh, good arguments, good business arguments about changing the organization. So the, the one I 
sort of remember is, you know, about the coffee, bringing the coffee in. Uh, you have it, so it's not some big secret, but that was a very deliberate process you went through because of the standards and the values that you believe and carry in your life. Um, I'm going to make it an easy question. Am I right? Right? Because I see your head nodding, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that, that has just been, compared to every other client I go to, you are lasered on that. And tell people no a lot. Yeah. Maybe there's one, if that's okay. Can you think of something that you have decided to not do for the business or for yourself because of your avowed principles? Well, I can think of a lot of things. Yeah. Really. Give, me, give me two. Yeah. Um, okay, one would be um, the mobile ordering. Um, so how, would that, how is that supposed to work? Uh, well, a lot of places do it. Um, I haven't uh, <laughs> been a part of it yet, but you know, Starbucks, you you're on your way. You put you put it in your phone. You get there. Your order's ready. They, you know, so it, we we would probably have a faster operation, um, and you know, which equals more people mm -hmm. going through. I mean, you've got you know, there's a potential to make make more money there, but. I would not consider it because we're going to lose one of the things we do best and that's our customer service and mm -hmm. the interaction we have and, and the relationship. I mean, I really see a relationship between the customer and in and out because we have such a history and, you know, our history involves, um, treating the customer like they're number one, they're our mm -hmm. most important asset. And how are we going to do that if it's just gone to, you know, basically like a text, you know, yeah. that relationship is going to change, um, a lot, and, yeah. and I don't want to give that up. Yeah, if I can have you think of another one but interrupt you for a second. The whole theme, as, I have, as I've told you and my other guests, the whole theme of this show is the importance of conversations in our lives. You just described that to me, and correct me, but that the fundamental success factor for in and out is a conversation. Meaning, when that client walks in and is treated a certain way, friendly, listening, patient. I know that was my experience today when we got a burger before this taping because I changed my mind. Uh, but the woman was unflappable and smiled and said, thank you. But you and I think it's thousands of people make sure that happens every minute at every place. That's a conversation. And I'm just pointing that out that a conversation is just not a speech. It's just not. There are moments of interaction that make the biggest difference in our life. That's my editorial for my show put aside, but can you think of another one, uh, maybe in, you know, personally or something, because you mentioned your, um, your, uh, your, your work uh, and you're thinking about God. Uh, we've talked at length about that, um, and I'm fascinated by how you use that too as your guide for interaction. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we, we get asked um, quite a bit, you know, if we would franchise and, you know, there's people that are willing to pay a lot of money to, <laughs> to have a part of this. And, you know, there's people that want to buy the whole company. There's just so many different offers throughout time. And I, you know, I can't entertain any of those because, um, you know, a lot of, um, 
you know, what you're just mentioning, you know, for, for me, my relationship with God, um, is the most important relationship. And that's a lot of conversations every single day and asking mm-hmm. him <laughs> a lot of different things. And, um, you know, my family, honoring my family and being responsible with what I've been given, being a good steward, um, is, I think the driver behind that focus you talk about, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I really live to, to please, to please God. I, I gave up the, the quest to please everyone else and to defend mm-hmm. myself and prove myself. So, um, you know, he's where I get my fulfillment and know that I'm, that I'm okay and I can just be me. And, um, you know, as far as keeping things the way my grandparents started, you know, we, we really hold true to um, the things they put in place. And we've only learned to do those things better and, you know, treat our people better, do more things for them. But we're not, you know, adding things to the menu because that's mm-hmm. something that comes up all the time. A lot of customers want us to add stuff to the menu and, yeah. we, you know, we don't. Um, you know, someone will give you a little... Yeah. Heads up, this will be the first time this has come out. Okay. But, um, you know, eventually they'll see hot chocolate on our menu. Oh. But that was on the menu way back when. 1948. Yeah, it, it was a long time ago. But actually, um, didn't start, it didn't start when we first started, but it was somewhere... Yeah. Somewhere in the yeah. middle mm-hmm. there. And, you know, it's not going to be 10 cents again, but, <laughs> but, <hot laughs> but it's already been on the menu. And, you know, our reason is to have it for, for kids on rainy days. And Got it. That's so, nice. So, yeah. But that's the point. Even the changes you make support your beliefs. Our history. That's then the history. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm conscious of your time. Truth be told, Lindsay's got to, and I very much respect her about this. She's got to go pick up her, her kids. Um, so I only have one last question, um, question that every leader gets asked, you know, when you think about the future of your organization, what do you, do you see anything or do you, some people just say, well, we're just figuring out today. We're real busy. You know, what's your view of that? Yeah. Um, you know, looking out, you know, we just have to be really creative and intentional in, um, putting everything in place to train and keep things the same because as we grow, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a challenge that presents itself every year. You know, the bigger, the more people, the bigger we are, the more spread out we are, the harder it is to keep that family atmosphere, keep the communications tight and make sure that everyone's getting the same message. So, so wind um, chime alarm on the phone. (laughs) Quite all right. Uh, I can't be late. For no, those you kids. cannot. So, um, yeah, that slightly derailed me. No, you were just—it's very simple. You were talking about this is this is an ongoing quest, and I loved how you said it. Of course, it talks about communication remaining tight. You yes. said, but you said we're not going to change, right? And, and that, to me, as I've called you many times, a unique leader. You uh, handle that and, and lead that in a very, as someone who's seen a lot of leaders try a lot of things, you are the real deal on that front uh, and a real um, honor to continue to be your friend and um, continue to watch your progress. Aww. So on behalf of your kids who are waiting, I thank you uh, for being here today. 
and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Oh, well, thank you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Tell Me What to Say. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe on your podcast service. And if you really like it, that is really like it, give it the highest rating you can because that will help the cause toward better conversations. For more information about the work that I do, please visit drewkugler.com. And for more background about the show and its guests, you can go to kuglercast.com. Until next time, this is Drew Kugler. <laughs>